This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience podcast. I am back this week with another guest. So before we get into this, I just want to take a brief moment to apologize because I missed a week. I was so determined to get consistent content out again to you all. And um, I do have a good reason. Unfortunately, we did lose my mother-in-law just a couple of weeks ago at to a long, hard battle with COVID. And so it's just, there's been a lot going on here. And so when I ran out of pre-recorded content, I sort of ran into a stumbling block. So I apologize. I promise this is, I'm not going to keep missing weeks. I promise. So anyway, I'm happy to have a guest this week because that makes my job way easier. Without further ado, please go ahead, introduce yourself. My dear guest, tell us who you are, where you're from, and how you're currently involved in Girl Scouts. My name is Ashley Guillen, and I currently reside in Independence, Missouri, which is right outside of Kansas City, Missouri. Currently, I am a Daisy Troop Leader. So I have little itty bitty ones. Yeah, daisies. Okay. I have a lot of people who listen to this who are new daisy leaders and that is like you, right? So tell me a little bit about what has your experience been like so far? What have been the biggest obstacles? How did you decide to do this? What has it been like so far starting a new troop? So for me, I kind of always knew that I would be my daughter's daisy troop leader or Girl Scout leader in general. I started in Girl Scouts as a daisy and went through until I graduated. So for me, I really wanted to be in control of her Girl Scout experience and know that she was getting like the best that I could give her or that somebody could give her. The challenges that I have run into where we're located has been with COVID related things and also just in general, getting girls and parents to join our troop. We are a small troop of only four girls. uh, And I mean, when I was working at council, I remember Daisy troops were like 15 and 20 girls. So it's strange that I only have four and we run into a lot of issues with like having to find meeting spaces. Our schools here have been difficult um, trying to let us set up and come. For a while, we've been, we were meeting outside. So those were the kind of issues that I've been running into is just like trying to get girls to join my troop and finding a place for us. Um, but as far as like planning meetings and things like that, that hasn't been too much of a challenge for me just because I grew up in it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's something that everybody can relate to, whether they're a new troop leader or a returning troop leader right now, is that everything is harder with COVID restrictions and trying to make sure that, first of all, that we're following restrictions from council or local ordinances or whatever. But second of all, that we're obviously first and foremost, keeping girls and families safe. And so it's like, it's definitely a more complicated world to try to do girl scouting in. So definitely feel for you on that one. So you mentioned that planning meetings has gone okay so far because you have a little bit more experience than maybe some people do coming in as a brand new troop leader. What 
kind of activities are you most excited about and what kind of stuff have you done so far with your troop? So I'm really excited about our first camping trip. I think that's going to be an interesting time for me being on the other end of that. Um, I remember being little and uh, just like causing the biggest ruckus for my troop leader at overnights and camp and going to sleepaways and stuff. So I can't wait to be on the other end of that and just be feeling everything that my troop leader was feeling. That's going to be wonderful. And then today we actually did a field trip today, which was amazing. We did a uh, courageous and strong workshop with a self-worth coach. And she also specializes in doing sound baths. And so today we took our girls to her studio and she did a sound bath session with our girls and she talked to them about feelings and how they can use breathing techniques and shaking their body out and doing like dances and dance breaks and just how to like control their emotions and then also how to use their voice when they're in situations that you know are challenging for them or they're feeling challenged and that was so interesting for me and it's not something I would have ever thought to plan for a five-year-old but the girls loved it and honestly all of us moms were like so relaxed during it we were like we could all just take a nap right now this is wonderful can we schedule one-on-one sessions with you um it was great so that activity today was great and then uh yeah like camp in the future is going to be wonderful. I'm so excited. And you have a lot of camp experience too. So do you want to share some of your kind of camp expertise with us? Oh gosh, I haven't been on a campsite in a while. I was a CIT counselor in training when I was 16. And then I worked at our resident camp and I was actually always put with the little ones. So the only thing I can tell you as a troop leader going into camping is to just have a sense of humor. Growing up, I haven't had the best troop leader. I'm still in contact with her. She was my troop leader my entire life, but I was the kid who always like forgot underwear and like would forget my toothbrush and didn't have the right socks. And like, I grew up in a single parent household and my mom worked full time. And so I just was, I was a forgetful kid. My mom was busy and my troop leader had such a wonderful like disposition and was so caring and kind and also just always prepared with things like the woman always had an extra toothbrush and she always knew like Ashley's gonna forget her underwear. She's gonna probably forget her socks like that's just who she is as a person. It's who I was until I was probably like 16 and Linda knew that about me. And so she just had a really wonderful sense of humor about it. And I really try to bring that through with my girls when I'm with them because it is hard to, I like to say herd, like herd cats sometimes is what it feels like. And just trying to laugh it off and be able to realize that like their kids, they're in an environment where like they want to have fun and they're in a structured environment all day. Girl Scouts is the time for them to play. And if you're camping, that's the time for them to be outside and playing. Yeah, I love that. What are some of your favorite memories when you from when you worked at camp? Oh, gosh. Um, so one of my favorite, we did this thing called Night Owls because our camp was pretty close to the city. I worked in a camp called Cape Free Spooner, which is still open. It's just no longer a resident camp. And it was pretty close to the city. So we did night rounds. 
which was all night. Um, and the benefit of that was that you got to sleep until 12 the next day, which was nice. And then the cooks would leave us brownies and Diet Coke and stuff or whatever drink we wanted, which was wonderful because when you're at camp, you don't get those things all the time as a counselor. And you definitely don't get to sleep until noon. Um, so we would do night rounds. And my favorite thing about night rounds is that there was always a group of girls that was up and awake at like 1 a.m. with their flashlights on when they're not supposed to be giggling, telling stories, doing, you know, just being silly little kids, silly little girls. And I so very much miss doing that. I miss like the camaraderie of being with a group of women uh, that you're with all summer outside, like in the trenches is what I would like to say. And then I also just miss the girls so much. Like I miss having a girl come on the first day and be so shy and like not want to talk to you and you're a stranger. And then on the last day when she leaves, she's crying and sobbing because she doesn't want to leave you. And she's begging her mom if she can come back in a week. So do you have any kind of tips or suggestions if anybody listening, I like, I don't have a kid in the program, but I know most people who are listening do have a kid in the program. What tips or suggestions having worked at camp do you have for parents to set their children up for success for summer camp? Oh, that is such a good question. I, I try, I'm trying to think of like, well, my mom, my mom really just like threw me in it and I would cry every, like the first year I cried because I didn't want to go and then after that I was solid I was like send me all summer I'll sell a million cookies for cookie dough so I can go to camp for 10 sessions um I think what's really what really like Girl Scouts in all honesty from the beginning prepares girls for camp it is a progression you start from camping on the inside indoors usually you move to maybe a cabin you move to a perma tent then you move to a tent and having them just be around adults who are not their parents in an overnight setting is number one, by, by far the best thing you can do for your children. Um, it helps them lay a foundation for respecting other adults that also are respecting them and giving them their space and like teaching them and they're learning from them. But it sets them up for like a, just a lifetime of being able to work with other people and also just be around like from the time I was five until older I was never afraid of an adult I was never scared of staying in the night at a friend's house like I was totally fine and I really think that that's just because of Girl Scouts I was always around different adults I had different adults around me teaching me I had different adults around me guiding me in life teaching me different activities taking me different places and that's the best thing you can do for your kids. So when you take them to a camp and you're introducing them to somebody who's going to be their counselor for a week, they've already been in a lot of situations where maybe they've already been outside. They've already been, they're already familiar with Girl Scouts. They're already familiar with how Girl Scouts works. And they're already familiar with that. Girl Scouts is a place where adults who are in Girl Scouts are trustworthy and they can trust them. Tell me about one of your proudest moments in Girl Scouts from any time in your Girl Scouting career. <laughs> I'm going to say my proudest moment is probably I went to I went on a trip to uh, Pax Lodge when I was 16. I fundraised for two years for that trip. Um, it's the one and only time I've ever been outside of Missouri, which as a kid from the Midwest was like a very big deal for me. I went to Paris on that trip. 
it was just like amazing. And I was so proud of myself for doing it because like I was scared. And then on top of it, on my trip there was when the subways were bombed. And you can imagine like the kind of panic that like our parents are feeling. And also a group of 16 year olds that are in a different country and we're living in a post 9-11 world and we're there and there are subways being bombed that we now we can't ride subways to get where we need to go. There are buses that are also the reports of being bombed. So like we can't get on buses and I have to give it up to the adults because I don't know what I would have done as an adult now in that situation. They were so calm and collected. And I think looking back, like all of us girls were also very calm during the whole thing. None of us like cried, had breakdowns, were scared. And that's because of the adults we were with. But there were also younger girls on that trip. And I remember just like telling them like, it's going to be okay. Everything's fine. But that was just like a crazy life altering moment for me. I think it always will be. And one of the craziest like Girl Scout experiences I think I've ever had. Yeah, definitely. Not only can I not imagine being a parent whose kid was on that trip, but I can't imagine being one of the volunteers who was on that trip. Like you do this really big trip and you're responsible for a bunch of other people's kids. And then this is what's going on where you're visiting. That seems very intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. How about, I mean, I feel like that that kind of could apply to all of these. Actually, before I jump into that, let's talk about packs because I have never been to a world center and I haven't really spent a lot of time on this podcast talking to anyone so far who has spent time at world centers. So can you tell me what is it like to visit? And obviously I know it was, I, I must, you, you mentioned it was the only time, so it's been a little bit, it's been a hot minute, but from, <laughs> from your visit, what was your experience like going to visit? Okay. So for me, for my experience, I think like, again, we spent two years fundraising for that trip. So for me, I was just like, oh God, geez, finally, like we're going on this trip. I've only been fundraising and talking about this trip for a lifetime it feels like at this point the world center I remember being amazing you're in these rooms where you have like a partner so there's multiple beds in the room and you share a room with somebody there's kind of a communal space where um like a a communal eating space if I can remember and then there's also um there's also like rooms where you kind of gather to talk to girls that are also on the trip, but were from other councils. So that was super interesting because our troop actually, like our group that went were actually girls from all over our council that were kind of different age ranges and were from different areas of Missouri. So it wasn't just Kansas City. It wasn't just one troop. And then there were also groups there that were like whole troops that had were visiting at the same time as us. Uh, and so it was like kind of a mixed bag of like who was there. And I just remember they had like lots of pictures of people who had worked there like from a long time ago. And there's just like a lot of history there. I remember it being, it was just like a really cool experience in general. And then they take you to do a service project, which for us was like cleaning out gardens, I think somewhere. I don't remember. because like I was 16. I'm 33 now. I'm old. So yeah, I, that's all I can really remember of the place. And then I got a really cool Pax Lodge pen from like when I was there and I have a ton of pictures, but like that's all I really remember. I think that's so neat. I 
I have never been to a world center myself and it's definitely on my Girl Scout bucket list. Like I think once kind of travel is reinstated and the world really reopens safely after COVID hopefully kind of stabilizes, I definitely, that is like a high priority for me is hitting some of these world centers. I think that's, that is just really, really neat. So I have serious Girl Scout jealousy right now. (laughs) Again, I think just in general, that kind of applies to all of these, but coming up with other examples, what's another really cool adventure or experience that you have gotten to do in any, not just necessarily as a leader, but in any version of Girl Scouting? (laughs) Our Girl Scout troop did a lot of trips. Like every year we would fundraise for trips. I think of what's something we like really awesome we did. We did go to Minnesota, which was fun. We went to mall of america with our girl like my girl scout troop and i remember i think we were like when we did that which was super fun i did get to go to new york with girl scouts i was on like a long time ago they had this like teen advisory board i can't even remember what year it was um but girl scouts like picked a few girls you to like go out to new york at the headquarters and it was basically just them asking us questions like i think it was when they were like switching over to like the journeys or when they had that like charm bracelet thing that they did for a while and it was like during that and we had to do like a lot of questionnaires but that was so much fun because I like got to stay in a cool fancy hotel and that was really dope and I got to travel without my parents and you also are a gold award girl scout right so can you tell us about your gold award I am. Uh, so my Gold Award project was actually creating new care, newborn care packages for our hospital here that is insurance free. So we do have a hospital here that serves underserved mothers. So I made care packages for them that have just like a couple of outfits for a baby. And it had kind of just like the essentials, like some formula, a couple diapers, wipes, uh, baby shampoo, things like that. I made little packages and then delivered them to the hospital for them. They're like mind blowing and sustainable and amazing. That's so cool. So this is kind of a big one. I'm not sure quite how to phrase this. I don't know. My brain is kind of fried. But if you (laughs) can you is there any way that you can articulate what impact you feel like growing up in Girl Scouts had on kind of who you turned out to be as an adult and the decisions and things that you've made in your life as an adult? Oh, God. Do you want me to cry? I think I'm going to cry. Oh, so uh, I would have ended up like in a totally different situation than I am now. Uh, Like I said, I came from a single parent household that like we didn't have a lot of money. My mom worked really hard. Wasn't like I went to my grand. I was like a kid who went to her grandparents pretty much every weekend. And like my dad wasn't around. And so I feel like if I didn't have Girl Scouts, like I wouldn't have had my troop leader who was really just like a second mother to me. I like wouldn't have spent my summers at camp. Like who knows what I would have been doing as a 16 year old during the summer if I wasn't at camp. Um, you know, I probably would have been running around with the wrong kids doing things I shouldn't have been doing. And then, you know, as an adult, I just like, it's crazy because like they preach about financial literacy, but like, I'm so good with money and it's probably those cookies and like counting out one like, money from the time I was five. Uh, yeah. Like, I just think in general, like all of those things tied into like who I am as a person today and like how I live my life and I carry myself. I've always been someone that speaks their mind. I've always been someone that like 
is a good advice giver. I tell people what I think. And like, that's totally courage, confidence, and character, which is what is preached by Girl Scouts and what is built up within me. And like what I hope to teach the girls that are in my troop, like going forward. Uh, I love it so much. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I don't. I didn't want to make you cry. Let me just be clear because I didn't really react very well when you asked that. Um, no, of course, I'm not, I don't want you to cry, but I just know I know how meaningful of an experience it's been for you and how big of a part of your life it is because I really relate. I mean, my life experience is obviously totally different because we're totally separate people, but um, I just Girl Scouts is such a core fundamental part of who I am and how I view the world and how I view my role in the world and who I want to be and how I want to like interact and impact other people. And so like, you know, I think when I hear somebody have an emotional reaction to a question like that, it means something to me because that's how much being a Girl Scout and being part of this movement and part of this community means to me. So um, no, I'm not like trying to make you cry, certainly, (laughs) um, but I just appreciate the, I don't know, the vulnerability and like taking that question as seriously and as meaningfully as I would. So um, I appreciate it anyway. Okay. So related Girl Scouts helps girls grow. It takes them out of their comfort zone. You know, we've got the GIRL go-getter, innovator, risk taker, and leader. And we see this impact on the girls every day. But what I have always thought is so truly amazing about Girl Scouts. and, And the reason why this podcast is so important to me is because Girl Scouts doesn't just have that impact on the girls. It has all of those same benefits and all of those same impacts on the adults too. So what's one way you've been impacted or changed through being involved with Girl Scouts as an adult? And I mean, I would I would say working for council as well as volunteering would count here. I mean, for me, I think like coming from the council side, it's really seeing people don't realize that like being a Girl Scout volunteer, there's so many people that being a Girl Scout volunteer is hard. It is not easy. It's not a paid gig. There are women out here who spend every weekend doing things. There are women out here who do repel instructing for free. They teach CPR for free to our girls. They are out here doing outdoors training for girls. There are women who have been in Girl Scouts since they were five that are now 70 that are still out at camp helping. And, you know, I'll be out at camp and I'll run into these women and I've known them. Some of them I've known, you know, from when I was even a camper and like you just see it like you can feel it they're so great with the girls the girls still see it like they're wonderful um I loved like as a even as a staff member I just love interacting with the volunteers like I would get to talk to them I'm by nature a helper I love helping people like it's just in me I have to like fix things um and so that's one thing I miss as coming from the council side is having that uh, connection with the volunteers and like seeing them and talking to them regularly. I don't get to see everybody as much now because I'm just, I mean, not just a troop leader, but I'm a troop leader now. So I'm kind of in my bubble with like my service unit people. Uh, and I don't get to see all of our volunteers from everywhere anymore. Um, but like as an adult, like those women just like they, you can like feel like the energy they put into what they're doing and how they are trying to like shape young girls into 
women that are like me and like you and trying to get them to 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 a point where like they have the confidence to like jump off a rappel tower and you know teaching them how to tie a knot and things like that and and it's just crazy it's just crazy yeah absolutely it's funny because I relate so much to so much of what you're saying I also previously worked for my council and um, then I had a few years in between and then I came back as a volunteer and so when you say like just a volunteer well not just a volunteer I completely understand and the connection to all of the volunteers throughout your council I mean I relate to that too I knew so many people in my community through Girl Scouts and all throughout my community you know and it was like a really cool thing to be a part of so um, can you, um, do you want to share a little bit about what it was like working for council and kind of what the differences are besides maybe having a smaller, um, more localized community that you're a part of now with your service unit? Um, what's the, what are the differences like culturally between being a volunteer and being staff? Um, so for me, <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh like that. Um, one thing for me is like coming from, I understand the frustrations that volunteers feel about council decisions. And we've all, like you've been around, I've been around since GSUSA merged councils. Uh, councils have been through a lot and they've had to make really tough decisions. And some of those decisions are really unpopular decisions. Um, and I understand the volunteer side of that and being frustrated and being angry, especially when councils have to close camps. Um, And I also coming from the council side, see the financials and I understand why those choices were made and like trying to take the emotion out of it. And it's so hard for me um, because I want to say something, you know, I want to tell, I want to tell a volunteer I want to tell a volunteer the truth and I can't. And I also want to tell counsel why a volunteer might be upset and I can't. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. And I think that is another big priority of mine in this podcast. Um, I've been doing this podcast since 2018. And um, so I've had a chance to meet a lot of other people like you and, and to chat and hear um, experience, shared experiences. And I love that so much. But I also kind of do solo episodes where I sort of share like my insights or kind of stuff that's going on. And I think a big part of what I want to do is try to help bridge that gap in the ways that I can now that I am not staff, because I completely, completely relate to what you're saying. I I feel like um, from the volunteer perspective, we're on the ground floor and doing so much of the, the quote unquote, the real work. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I really get that, that frustration with sort of this (laughs) umbrella over top of you that can sometimes feel stifling or like misunderstood. Um, but then the flip side of that is having sat on the other, on the other chair, right. I used to, um, tell people, you know, 
people who work for Girl Scouts love Girl Scouts and they believe in Girl Scouts and they believe in the adults and the girls and they want to support the adults and the girls or they wouldn't do it because it's literally a ton of work and not a lot of money. And so like you just wouldn't do it if you didn't truly believe in the mission and really, really feel in your heart that it was so important to you to support the girls and the volunteers. It's not like staff are ever sitting there twiddling their thumbs. Like how can we totally screw over the volunteers today? Like that nobody's doing that. And so um, if there's something going on that feels like it doesn't make sense to do to you, it's not that you shouldn't speak up and ask questions as a volunteer, but it's just like when you speak up and ask questions, always have the perspective that, Um, like keep in mind that the person on the other side is just as invested in your success and is just as invested Mm -hmm. in the success of the movement and the positive impact on girls. Like we're all in this together and we don't always agree about how to accomplish the same thing, but we're all working towards the same end goal. So I just felt like everything that you said was super, super relatable. Yeah. And also like, I think sometimes I have to be like, look, I don't like this decision either. Like I'm staff and I also hate this, you know, like, and I felt, I always felt like I was the one and I would say it just cause like, that's who I am. And like, that's what Girl Scouts taught me to be. So I don't care. Um, a lot of people weren't as like brazen as I was, I guess, but I would be like, I don't like this decision. And if a volunteer talked to me about it, I would tell a volunteer, I don't like this decision either. Like, it does not feel good. It feels yucky. Like, none of us like it. It's just a necessity right now. Yeah, I think the necessity is the the part of that. I think, like, sometimes the hard part of being staff is is enforcing decisions and making decisions that there's no good decision, like there's no good option, right? And that's decision-making in general. And this is something we work with the girls on too, right? In the actual program is that making hard decisions and and recognizing that that sometimes when decisions have to be made, there's no, there's no purely good option. And so I think, mm-hmm. you know, again, just to reiterate, um, that is the same skill that we're working with girls on when we work on decision-making as part of the five skills girls learn in product program is like, Mm -hmm. sometimes decisions are hard. And I think council, like working for staff, um, and I'm sure GSUSA feels this, GSUSA national staff also feel this in a whole other way um, because they have to make decisions that not only the volunteers and girls aren't necessarily going to love, but also the councils aren't going to love. And so they have mm-hmm. like it double, double whammy. And when you're a council staff person, you have the in-between, like you have sort of like mom and dad over at national <laughs> that are making no, you make decisions <laughs> that then you have to make for, um, for the council that you're part of. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of layers to it. And I think, um, you know, then you tie in whatever local restrictions and regulations there are, especially for being a nonprofit, like what kind of restrictions and regulations there are. And then um, the good of the many versus the good of the few. And just like, it's just so loaded. Like there's so, so, so much going into everything. Yeah. I know for us, like my council in particular, we are 47 counties and we range two states. We're like one of the councils that is um, over two states. So we're Kansas and Missouri. We're all of like several metro areas. So the amount of work our staff had to put in to just please so many areas. 
and like trying to make decisions for so many areas. And you have, we also have the culture of Girl Scouts in each area that's been there for years. Um, and each of them have their own camps. And it's just, it's just like, it, it, yeah, you're right. Like GSUSA brings something down and then the council has to like decide how that's going to be broken down. And then you have people who work, who are not even, might not even work in the council office, but are servicing those areas because they're so far out that are also having to relay the message. And then you have yes. smaller volunteers that are having to relay that message out yes. to other volunteers. It's a hot mess. Yeah, it definitely can be. And I think, you know, the important insight in in talking about this is just to try to help with some perspective of like when you get frustrated, because there will be times that you do get frustrated mm-hmm. as a volunteer, that um, just having that perspective of like, just remember that we're all in this together and that nobody at any level in any capacity involved with Girl Scouts is like out to get girls and volunteers. No. Like nobody thinks that. And no. so you may disagree with them. You may not like them as a person. Mm-hmm. Like that's every individual is going to have their, you know, preferences. But at the end of the day, our end goal is shared. And And so I think, you know, that's a hard, that can be a hard thing sometimes, especially, especially because like you, I also spend some time specifically working in product program. And that is one of the most contentious and difficult um, departments. So what did you do in, in product program? So I was actually in charge of the candy program. (laughs) which is ironic because my child sold so much of it this year uh her first year um so I was in charge of candy and then I was also in charge of scheduling cookie booths for all of our counties you can imagine how much fun that was for 47 counties across two states um and then I also just in general helped with like all kinds of stuff like banking and everything and I will tell you our our council only had three people on the team and then when I lost my job last April, it went down to two. So um, I honestly don't know how they are running that department, which is two people, because product program is a monster. And most product programming brings in the majority of council's budget. So it's, yes. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. When I worked in that department and I worked in a couple of different departments, which I think it's funny because mm-hmm. this is another thing. Thank Anybody you. listening who has never worked for a nonprofit, like this is another thing to kind of know is that if you work there, you work across like multiple fields and every field is understaffed. So like, Mm -hmm. um, my department was very similar in size to yours and it fluctuated a little bit like over time. Um, but there was also a lot of turnover because it was a very, very difficult role. And I used to tell people because I was getting my master's degree actually at the same time as I was working in product program. And I was literally working six or seven days a week for 10 or 12 hour days for virtually no money and also going to school full time. And it was honestly so hard, like the hardest, hardest thing that I've ever done. And um, when people would be so mad and so upset with product program because of whatever issue, a million issues, like that all landed on my desk. Right. And so it was like, I... It was very, very challenging. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I started out on, um, well, it turned into customer care, but when I started, it was registration help 
desk. So we were still entering paper and like paper membership forms when I started at Girl Scouts. And so that's what I was mainly doing. And then I was answering phone calls, putting girls in troops and just helping general Girl Scout questions. And then I gradually moved up and then eventually became manager of product programming. Um, but so I, I had the benefit of learning volunteer complaints very early before even being in that job. Like I started from basically being the help desk where people called to complain about things and their, their complaints were warranted, you know, volunteers, volunteers, like we as volunteers should have a place to go where like, if we need help, we have to ask that question. Um, and I was so glad that to, like, I was happy to be that person because again, I am the problem solver. I like to be the problem solver. I want to be the helper. I want to fix all the situations. Um, so going into product programming, I definitely already kind of knew what I was getting into. I knew what kind of like issues I was going to run into. Now, I did not realize how big of a monster cookies was. Um, like as a girl selling, you don't realize it, but then I was working nine months pregnant in an unheated warehouse, moving boxes of cookies around. Uh, and it, it was just insane. And like, I'm so glad I, and honestly, I'm so glad I had the people in council that worked with me there to help me do that. And like, they, we made it fun. And like, there was music, like we had heaters. It was great. It, like you make it what you make it work, but it is time consuming. And I tell people all the time, people don't work for nonprofits for money. Like there's no money in working at a nonprofit. Yeah. I think you touched on something really important there, which is that you made it really, really fun. And I have to say that as much as that was one of the hardest times of my life, it like work-wise, it was also the most fun job I've ever had. Like the community of people is so beautiful because everybody who works there absolutely is there because they believe in what they're doing. And, um, they're so passionate about the mission. And, and as you said, like it, they're not there for the money. I loved being part of that community. They were some of my favorite people still are some of my favorite people that I've ever had the pleasure of working with. And, um, although some days were really challenging, certainly as far as like culture goes, because it is everywhere, I would say hands down the best workplace culture I've had compared to anywhere else I've worked. Now that's going to be different, obviously, depending on when and where you're working. So I'm not trying to speak to, I know there's probably somebody out there listening who's like, I worked for council and it was awful. Well, okay. I mean, I acknowledge that there's probably people who have awful experiences working for council, but I will also say for me, it was my favorite, favorite job of all time. It just, um, it was also very hard. It was also very challenging. So I, but yeah, I mean, and the most random skills too, like working in the warehouse, I got my forklift license several years in a row. And so I was forklift certified and I used to drive the forklift and unload the trucks with the giant pallets of cookies and like move them around the warehouse. And, um, that's something that I literally never in my life thought I would ever like get forklift certified and be driving a forklift through a warehouse. Like that's just not something that I ever saw myself doing. And it's just another example of yet another way that Girl Scouts has pushed me out of my comfort zone to try something new. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Okay. I don't want to keep you all night. So um, let's just wrap up on kind of this note. What are some of your favorite or go-to resources that volunteers do have to make being a Girl Scout volunteer just a little bit easier? 
So I definitely use Pinterest like crazy. I love Pinterest. Um, that's mostly what I use for planning. My council does do a really good job of, we have, they have laid out like total meeting plans on my council's website for us where you just click on it and it tells you like exactly the stuff you need to have and what you need to buy and like printouts and everything. So that's great for me because my council has that. Obviously not every council is going to have that. I personally do use the book a lot as a resource. Um, I find that the book does give you what you need if you use it correctly. I haven't dug a whole lot into Volunteer Toolkit, uh, mainly because they launched it while I was still working at Girl Scouts. And so I, I kind of feel like I have some PTSD like flashbacks of when that was launching and like the kind like getting phone calls about it not working and trying to log in. So I just have not jumped into it really to like click around and see. But a lot of the time I will just literally like whatever badge I'm working on, I will just go onto Google, type it in. Like if it's courageous and strong, be like courageous and strong badge work, look up some ideas, hit up Pinterest and just create a meeting plan that I think would work for girls but is also something that I'm comfortable with because I think that's really the key with, with like trying to work with the Girl Scout materials is that a lot of people and I'm I'm totally guilty of this but giving somebody like a manual and being like okay follow this manual and and you're gonna follow this and do exactly what this says when in all reality like everybody should just be tailoring everything to like what they're comfortable with. Because if you're comfortable with it, if you're comfortable with the material, if you're comfortable with teaching it to your girls, the girls are going to have fun. You're going to have fun teaching them. It's going to be enjoyable for you. It's going to be stress-free for you. And it's going to be just a better experience. Yes, totally. I think, um, and not just what you're comfortable with, but also what works for your scenario for yourself and for your group of girls. And I think so many people, um, a don't know that you can tailor stuff or they feel like that's cheating somehow, or B they think they shouldn't have to tailor things. And I, and so there's some frustration with the fact that girl scouts is built to be such a flexible program. And it's like, well, Boy Scouts isn't like that or Scouts BSA yeah. isn't like that. It's super rigid. It's super structured. And I wish that mm -hmm. we had more rigidity and more structure, mm -hmm. but like the beauty of the Girl Scout program is the flexibility and the adaptability and the opportunity to truly tailor it to yourself and your group. Mm -hmm. I will say though, I do miss bold badge books. I'm not going to lie. GSUSA, if you're listening, please bring me back a badge book. I miss them so much. Like the badge books that we had were like when I was little, where it was just like one page, a picture of a badge. And then it just had like what you had to do to complete it in a couple paragraphs. That was golden. It was perfect. I literally did every single badge you could do. I was that kid because I had to have everything on my vest. I miss it. And I just think back to like how easy it was for leaders and girls to complete badge work. I understand that the badges now have like, there's a reason behind it. They have researchers like they're, I get it. I get it, GSUSA, but I do miss the badge book. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to all the changes. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, 
it you're certainly like one voice of so many that really misses that that style of of reference for programming I think I feel like the biggest hesitation on that these days is that since they changed over the program to really be structured around GSLE with journeys and everything like that, um, which has now been a long time, it's been over a decade since this change. But like, um, I think that, that they've been releasing badges every single year. And so it's like, even the girls guides, I truly believe the reason why those have been retired, which PS, if you didn't know, the girls guide binders in their old form have been retired. So they're not available at most levels anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can see what's still in stock at your local council shop because they have to sell out of them. But like, yeah. So anyway, um, so there's a little update for you. But uh, the reason why is because it was only a fraction of the badges that are released at that age level that were included because it's what was what had been released so far back in like 2012 right and so Mm -hmm. nowadays there's so many badges that have come out since then so half of them were online half of them were in the book and so I think if we got to a point where we weren't releasing new badges every single year then a badge book would be a lot more attainable I think that would just be so challenging for it to ever be complete unless you did like a badge book for each year like here's the 2021 badges that were released you know and that has potential but that's a lot of books (laughs) it is I know and I I shouldn't say that I wish they would go back to the old way I just felt like it was a lot easier and I just remember being easy like it was just so easy to get all my badges not that it's not easy now I don't I like I said I haven't dug like we're just starting and like literally working on petals which has been fairly easy for me um and I actually got our books from like a swap and shop that my service unit had so I guess I got lucky um because I got them from somebody who like they're used from last year like a troop leader gave them to me yeah that that's definitely helpful and I think like that's another thing to keep in mind is that the materials are out there I mean millions of these books have been sold so if you still want to get one and they're not available at your like official council shopper on the Girl Scout shop website then tapping into communities whether that's your service unit or neighborhood or area or whatever you call it community whatever you call it in your area or if you go on Facebook and go to one of those Girl Scout Facebook groups, because a lot of people are in those Facebook groups that are sitting on materials that they are extra or they're not using anymore or whatever. And they're just like taking up space in a million people's garages and craft closets and stuff. So like Mm -hmm. definitely if you want them, you can still get them just like for many years, it was still fairly easy to get your hands on retired badges. Now that's definitely harder, but like it's still, it still exists, but it's definitely harder, especially in like multiple quantities, but yeah, you can still definitely get the books. It just might take a little bit more um, sharing resources. But anyway, I feel like we really like found our stride here about some interesting topics towards the end, but I do want to respect your time and everybody listening. So thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your insight. And I just, it's nice connecting with somebody else who like kind of gets both sides, like gets the council staff thing and also gets the volunteer side. Yeah, I am so glad I found you on the WAGS website on the little Facebook group. I had such a good time. It was such a nice time meeting you like virtually and talking to you. Yeah, I I always love talking Girl Scouts. (laughs) Same. 
<laughs> All right. Well, congratulations for um, having a little top seller in your family. You. And, um, and I wish you a fabulous night and I will talk to you soon.